Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. Targo, what you drinking in that giant bottle you got over there? This giant bottle? It is yeah. Cider Works, a blueberry cider. Ooh. Wife got a few of these, and they're ginormous and taste like juice. Yeah, the thing's bigger than your head. Yeah, that's what she said. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking uh, Black Daylight Bourbon Barrel Aged Vanilla Stout from Lumberbeard Brewing. This thing is uh, 14.2%. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, Speaking of fun. Speaking of fun. This is an Imperial Stout aged in whiskey barrels from Dry Fly Distilling for 18 months. And then finished with a fuck ton of vanilla beans. That's what it says on the can, huh? (laughs) Literally right here. Fuck ton. Anyways. Those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media sites. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Check out our Facebook group. Make sure to like and subscribe. Hit the bell notifications on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all podcast platforms. And last but not least, please check us out on Redbubble. We got some merch going on over there. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Help us continue to do this and make it all better. Targo, this is the week of the 9th through the 15th. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, speaking of no love lost, English Premier League on the 11th. We got a London Derby. West Ham versus Chelsea. You got a team that's... Close to the bottom, starting to make their way up. Had a couple of signings, and then a team who's mid-table and just signed 156 players for a <laughs> billion dollars. Just How about. you see this one going? Just about. <laughs> this is a team of, you know, Chelsea. They have a great defense, I will say, but they cannot score a goal. Save them lives. And then West Ham, a little bit of a leaky, leaky defense there, but they can score some goals, so we'll see. I mean, you know, Chelsea right now, they're a bunch of players, not a team. So we'll see if Graham Potter can get them going as a team. Some might say it's two. <laughs> two teams, yeah. <laughs> so I think How this, do you see one, this one going. I think this one's gonna be a draw. A draw. Huh? Not the luck of one, but just a draw. It's like kissing your sister, man. Fun fact. <laughs> Not my sister. I don't got a sister. <laughs> I don't either. You have a brother, but, you so know. you <laughs> Euro trip. Euro trip is fun. Uh anyways. I think West Ham have a lot of quality, but are leaky. Chelsea can't score goals. However, Graham Potter's a good enough coach. I think, despite David Moyes getting his team to play better, I think this one ends 1-0 to Chelsea. Next up, we got our beloved Arsenal against high-flying Brentford. How do you see this one going? It's at the Emirates, man. Can't go against Arsenal at the Emirates. They have a fantastic home record this year. Kind of by my, my gunners. Unbeaten at home. It's, uh yeah, it's hard to bet against Arsenal at this point. I mean, it, as an Arsenal fan, you want to kind of just hold your horses back a little bit. Not go all gung-ho. But I don't see Brighton coming to the Emirates. Or Brentford. Brentford, Brentford <laughs> sorry. Coming to the Emirates and beating them. I mean, it ended 3-0 last time out. 
I don't think it's quite 3-0, but I could see a 2-0 or a 3-1. Yeah, I could see a 2-1, something like that. It's a lot closer than what I was saying. Yeah, I think it will be. draws over there. I think it will be, yeah. The last time Arsenal beat them at Brentford's home stadium, they definitely smacked them. I think it was a wake-up call for Brentford, because after that, they went on a tear. Yeah, they did. I mean, if Arsenal win this game... And their next one that we're going to talk about a little later. I mean, you have to talk about the title at that point. I think we are, man. We've already been talking about the title. (laughs) I'm trying not to. But I might have to. I know you don't want to jinx it. (laughs) I I don't. I don't. I'm not going to say anything. Next up is Crystal Palace (laughs) against Brighton. Crystal Palace and Brighton. Brighton flying yes. high, Crystal Palace kind of mid-table, doing all right. Nothing great, nothing bad. Patrick Vieira, I would say, has done a good job. couple of good signings in in the window. Yeah, a yeah. couple new signings. I think it may be a draw. I know Brighton are flying high, Matoma's scoring goals left and right. But that Crystal Palace, I feel like, is a well-drilled, oiled machine there, and they they do pretty well. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, go draw. I mean, at, at Selhurst Park, it's hard to bet against them. They're they're hard to beat there, of all places. However, Brighton team is flying high. I they are probably my favorite team to watch, right behind Arsenal. Them and Leeds, yeah, fun all over the park. I think Brighton's gonna win this one. It'd be close, maybe two to one. One nil, but I think Brighton have enough quality to overtake Crystal Palace in this one, even though it's at Selhurst. All right. Next up, we got Fulham against Nottingham Forest. Some might say this will be close. Some might say this won't be. Either way, Nottingham Forest has signed 30 players. Fulham have only signed a couple. How do you see this one going? I see it going Fulham's way. Kind of similar to Chelsea, that Forest team. Don't get me wrong, those players are great, but it's players, not a team. You know, you got to get all those players playing together and knowing how we, each other is on the field. And that takes time. So that's why I think Fulham get the win. Okay. I think the addition of Kaylor Navas is absolutely fantastic for them. I don't Huge. know how they pulled it off. Yeah, that's fantastic for Forest, for sure. Yeah, Uh, and then they solidified the center of the park in the transfer window. A couple of games under their belt now. I think this one's a draw. Okay. I'm going to go nil-nil or 1-1. Very low scoring. I think so, too. All right. One-nil to Fulham. Next up, low-hanging fruit, Leicester City, against a slightly higher-hanging fruit in Tottenham Hotspur. No love for Lester, man. Come on. I got no love for Tottenham either. <laughs> now, Lester have been very inconsistent this season. They sometimes look like the Lester that should be playing on the pitch. You never know sometimes what team you're going to get like with a them, Lester man. squad that should be bottom of the table. You never I don't know, know which team's going to show up. Yeah, is it going to be a fantastic also- Lester or a crap Lester? <laughs> yeah. But I could also say the same about Tottenham. I don't know which team's going to show up. 
<laughs> I don't know if they're going to score goals. By Tottenham, it varies by half, man. You never know which half is going to Tottenham team's going to show up. Yeah, yeah. And after watching them against Manchester City, now they got me all sorts of confused. Show up in the first half for once, and then don't show up in the second half. I don't know what's going on. They're driving me nuts. I mean, they do always, but it's more now than ever. I mean, they're better than this. What the heck is going on? Yeah, having said that, I do think Tottenham get the win. Harry Kane's going to get that record. Neither, I think neither team record. shows up. I think Harry Kane's already got the record. Oh, does he? Okay. So, so much I follow him. And, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't see it either way. I'm going to go draw. All right. Pull I'll a, say Tottenham. Pull a Targo out of my hat called draw. <laughs> All right. Next up. We got low-hanging fruit, Bournemouth, against high-flying Newcastle. Newcastle in the Carabao Cup final. However, Bruno Gamerich is out for this game. How do you see it going? I don't think that'll matter. I think Newcastle get the points here. Poor Bournemouth are not playing well. Newcastle are. I don't see Bournemouth getting a goal against Newcastle, that's for sure. The way their defense is playing. So I think the best Bournemouth can hope is maybe a nil-nil. But I was going to say, happening. And the real question is, is Newcastle going to be able to score? They should against that Bournemouth team, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think so, too. Uh, I'm going to go the age-old 1-0 to the Newcastle. A 1-0 to the Newcastle, all right. Yeah. Next up, on the 12th, we got an exciting one. Leeds United against Manchester United. United in the Carabao Cup final. However, Leeds United, Team America, <laughs> that whole American midfield, and Jesse March at the helm. How do you see this one going? This should be a fun game. Leeds United are a fun team to watch, but this this should be fun with them facing Manchester United, especially since it's at Leeds' home stadium. Having said that, though, man, Marcus Rashford is just flaming he's not even on fire dude he is freaking liquid hot magma he's so hot right now (laughs) he's not on fire he's magma (laughs) liquid hot magma and so yeah i gotta go with manchester united man i hope leads make a game of it i do think they will freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads (laughs) okay Allison powers (laughs) (laughs) couldn't help myself Uh, i agree with you though marcus rashford man he used to call him Mr. Inconsistent, but now, holy cow. It's like he took all the inconsistency that was built up over the last four years and has just put it that into game after Not game over four after years. game after game. Yeah, a little bit He's on fire. at the end of last season. This man is like an eternal flame. It just never goes out. Uh, I, I think... This one's close, but I I think at the end, Marcus Rashford is the difference. I'm going to go two to one. Yep, I'll agree to that. Stop agreeing with me, damn it. No banter Um, for me on that one. Sorry. (laughs) That should be a fun game, though. I recommend watching that one. I do, too. Uh, Speaking of recommending to watch, two of the hottest teams in all of England. You got Manchester City. Against Unai Emery's Aston Villa, who have just been on fire. Since he was appointed, they have the same amount of points as league-leading Arsenal. 
What? Yeah, that's wild. Unai Emery's done a pretty good job there, I would say, then, huh? Yeah. But How do you see this one going? Still, it's Manchester City. How often do you bet against Manchester City not to get three points? Uh, normally, I would times. say never. Yeah, normally I would say never, but this season's different. It just feels different. Well, I still think they'll get the three points. I think because it's at the Etihad, the Stadium of Silence, <laughs> I'm going to go with a draw in this one. It'll be a very exciting 2-2 draw. Ooh. Well, hopefully yes. they find some fans. Cause sounds like that could be a good game. Yeah. <laughs> you just hear a woohoo. Go look, lift some rocks in Manchester. See if you can find some fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on the 13th, we got the Merseyside Derby. Liverpool against Everton. This one's at Anfield, however. These teams both suck right now. I'm <laughs> just going to be blunt. I'm going to be blunt. They both suck. (laughs) So which team is going to suck less? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see. Maybe Sean Dyche can uh, do something there. The new manager bounce. But (laughs) against Liverpool at Anfield, I don't think that will happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I want to pick Liverpool, but they've been so bad. I don't. I don't know what to say. This let's game go, has literally rendered me speechless. Let's go for I a golf know. fest, a two-two draw. I'm going. I'm going for a nil-nil snooze fest. Oh, these teams are awful. <laughs> snooze fest. I'm gonna go. Uh, Darwin Nunez hits the post three times <laughs> and gets a red card. You won't get a maybe. I don't. Know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying stuff to make it more interesting. I have no interest in watching this game. This is going to be terrible. God, they both suck. I hope you're wrong. Watch. I hope this is like a I hope four I am three too. thriller. I want to see a resurgence of both of these teams, but right now, ah, God, it's hard for me to watch them. I'm still going nil nil draw. I hope I'm wrong and you're right with a four three win. For somebody. (laughs) I don't even care who it is. All right. On the 15th, my brother's birthday. Subject. Uh, We got got the biggest game of the season. Arsenal at home against second place Manchester City. We've been waiting a long time for this one. Yeah, this one's going to be nerve-wracking. That's for sure for Arsenal fans. Got a glimpse of it at the FA Cup where Arsenal lost 1-0 to Man City. But this one's at the Emirates, and you know Arteta's going to start a strong uh, starting lineup versus what he did at the FA Cup. So this could be fun. This is going to be a fun game, man. I agree. However... The fact that Arsenal were the better team after six changes in the FA Cup and City started their essentially their entire starting lineup minus Ederson, I I think that this game is only going to go one way and one way only. The team that's flying high, that is just 
running over everybody. I think Arsenal, because they're at home, honestly, uh, pulls this one out and opens up a gap that I don't know if Manchester City can recover from. Spoken like a true Arsenal fan. I'm going to say this is going to end in a draw. Spoken like a true Arsenal fan. That should be Arteta's goal, just to not lose this game. (laughs) I think it's at home. I don't think he tries for a draw. I don't think he tries, but I mean, in the back of your head, that's always like, just don't lose. And they can't gain ground. Yes and no. I I just think, especially with the loss of Jao Cancelo, I don't think the City side can keep Arsenal out of the net as much as Arsenal can keep City out of the net. I mean, Erling Holland did not look good in that FA Cup game against Arsenal. William Saliba, you can take him out of your pocket now. Um, but, man, Arsenal with, like, not even their front four playing. They only had Saka and Niketia. I, I think that this well-oiled machine runs over what we usually call the well-oiled machine. But, oh, I hope you know, you're right, but yeah, I, I think I see a draw coming. You know, at some point, I got to start getting more confident about Arsenal this season. This is this is the and game. I'm picking now. I'm <laughs> picking now. Anyways, I got to calm down a little bit. I'm a little excited. <laughs> let's move on. So then. let's fly that? over to Germany. <laughs> let's go to the Bundesliga. We got on the 11th. We got Werder Bremen against Dortmund. Dortmund, man, they're moving up the table. So hopefully they can keep doing that. Yeah. Bayern Munich's been struggling of late. However, the the transfer window they had, man. Jan Sommer, Daly Blinn, Jao Cancelo, who arguably, in my opinion, is the best signing of the transfer window. Spoiler alert. Um, I just... I. I don't see Dortmund not winning this game. I'll tell you that. We'll see, man. Speaking of Bayern Munich, we got Bayern Munich against VFL. Was it Bochum? Bochum? I don't know. Bochum. I'm butchering it either way. Yeah, it's Bochum. Bochum. I think. <laughs> okay. Thank you for correcting me before I just completely lost myself. Now I'll have to go play them on FIFA so I can figure out how to pronounce their name. There you go. That's the way to do it. I'd see Bayern Munich winning this one. They're at home. Yeah, at the Allianz. Not doing well this season, so yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Next up, we got a very exciting game. RB Leipzig Ooh, yeah. against Union Berlin. Yeah, both those teams fighting for that second place spot, so... This could be a big decider there. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is not for either team. I think this is more of a, you know, more important game for Bayern Munich, honestly. You know, this could be, if this game ends in a draw and Bayern Munich wins, that's two points gained on the rest of the field there. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. <clears throat> could that, be. That'll be a fun one. Definitely. Uh, you can catch that one on ESPN too. Make sure you check in to it and let us know what you think. On the twelfth, we got Cologne against Eintracht Frankfurt. Cologne's been giving teams problems. I mean, they draw against Bayern Munich. 
But Frankfurt, man, Cole Mwani's been on fire. He's a stud this season, man. I'm excited to see which team well. goes for him in the summer. I hope some big team goes for him. I hope so, Definitely too. Definitely has the talent and the skill. Yeah. Uh, I could see a potentially like a, a Manchester City going for him as more of a Mares replacement. Fits that system. Mm, potentially. Heard it here, folks. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's fly off to Spain where we got a couple of interesting matches. Let me hear it, Targo. Yeah, so in Spain on the 12th of February, we have Celta Vigo versus Atletico Madrid. So Atletico, they're, they're playing pretty well, so we'll see how they do. Got a couple wins here. And then we have Villarreal versus Barcelona. Barca, man, they're squeaking out some wins. These one nils, these two ones. If you Can they keep told it going? Me- if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that this Barcelona team with the defense that they have would let in the least amount of goals in all of Europe, I would have laughed in your face, asked you what you were smoking, and asked for some of it myself. <laughs> because their defense is no fantastic, way, man. No way I would have predicted that. Holy cow, is their defense good this year? It is what an amazing job. Xavi has done fantastic job with that team. Yeah. However, be real, they're no slouches. They're they're up there at the top of the table as well. So this will this will be a test for that Barcelona team. Honestly, I, I think this one might end in a draw. We'll see. I think so too. Uh, Villarreal beat Real Madrid at home, not Madrid at home, but Villarreal at home. So I think this is a tricky tricky one for Barcelona. They lose this one, gives Madrid a chance to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, it will. And speaking of Madrid, we have Real Madrid versus Elche on the 15th of February. So Elche there, rock bottom, man. Zero wins. I'm guessing they don't get that win against Real Madrid. <laughs> Not at the Bernabeu. I don't. So on no paper, way. this is a... Uh, this is a easy one to call. Slaughterhouse? We'll see, though. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Let's fly over to the Serie A in Italy. Man, there's lots of stuff happening in the Serie A. Lord knows. I mean, the title pretty much is going one way, but we'll see what the rest of the table does. I don't have any idea. Yeah, the Serie A is pretty much done and dusted, I would say. Napoli running yeah. away with it. However, teams at the top are struggling right now, besides Napoli. Speaking of that, besides Napoli, on the 10th, yeah. we got AC Milan against Torino. AC Milan, man, they're, they've been letting in a lot of goals, which is good if you're they a neutral. Makes... They the best, the best, most inconsistent team in all of Europe this season. Yeah, and Torino, they're you know they're kind of sitting mid table, so this this could be a test for Milan. You know, they this isn't going to be a walkover. I mean, they've certainly lost against less. So, <laughs> like I said, they're letting in goals. So. Torino will definitely we'll fancy see. their chances. I, I would if I was Torino, and they're not a bad squad. All right, game to watch on the eleventh. We got Lazio against Atalanta. In previous years, this game was top five, both teams. This year, not so much. 
Oh, they're still up there at the top of the table, both of those teams, since, you know, the falling of Juve. <laughs> so this could be a good one. We'll see. I'm not sure. They're they're close, man. So we'll see how this one goes. Speaking of close, somehow, uh, on the 12th, we got Juventus against Fiorentina. Yeah, they are also Juventus close. Juventus lose this game. They're... They're less than double digits away from the drop zone. Yeah, alarm bells might start going off in Turin if he started this game. With a court ruling. I think that's when the alarm bells went off. When they lost 15 points. Now it's going to really start to affect them, though. Yes. You know, I think there were still hopes that they could get up into a Champions League spot. But if they keep losing games, man, it's not going to happen. No. I mean, it numerically is not impossible, but it, at, at this point, the form they're in, it's very highly unlikely. Yeah, there there's some no. points off, so they got they got a lot of wins they need to make up. Yeah. Next up on the twelfth, we got Napoli against Cremonese, another team sitting on the bottom of the table. Table. Yeah, and on paper, Napoli should thrash them. I don't see this one being close. Owl. Victor Osaman forward for Napoli, man. He's on fire. On fire. And I would try to pronounce their left winger's name, but there's no way you're going to get me to do it. It's a lot of consonants. I'm out. (laughs) One of my favorite players to watch, too, which is a sad thing. Anyways, the 13th, we got Sampdoria against Inter. This one could be interesting based on the results that happened in the weekend prior. Yeah, but Sampdoria aren't playing very well, man. They're bottom of the table, too. Enter, man, they they need some wins to kind of solidify that second place finish. Yeah, so especially with the way AC Milan's been playing. So, And Lautaro Martinez has been playing pretty well, scoring some goals. About time. Argentina probably could have used that a little more in the World Cup, but I'm nah, glad he's doing it now. <laughs> yeah. Good for Manchester City. All right, over to France. Ligue 1. We had two games that caught our eye. This first one, a little more than the second one. On the 11th, we got AS Monaco against PSG. This one should be a good game. Yeah, it should be. Monaco aren't a terrible team. You know, we know obviously PSG and the superstars they have. You kind of expect them to win when you have Messi and Neymar and Mbappe. But as we yeah. saw over the weekend, a couple weeks ago, Mbappe, he's injured. Yeah. Yeah, Mbappe will be out for this one. And it's uh, Neymar's sister's birthday. So he might be Messi all by himself. <laughs> Look at that. That Popped might almost be better. Report. <laughs> Out of all the players. <laughs> yeah. He might not even be injured. He'd just be like absent. Don't know where he went. Just disappeared. Taking a paid vacation day, guys. Good luck. Back in Brazil. Sister's birthday. Because of that fact, I think this one will be close. Yeah. Next up, we got on the 12th, Leon against Lons. Lons is on fire this season. Dude, they are killing it. Where did I'm they come it from? Too. I love it. It's almost like the English Premier League. 
everyone. I mean, even I thought Arsenal was going to be like sixth, fifth, maybe. Now nah, I was hoping for maybe top four. fourth. Now they're uh, shoe in for top four and almost a shoe in for the title if all of our predictions go correctly. Anyways, <laughs> your predictions um, go correctly, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Leon's been hit or miss this season, so it should be an interesting tie. But they did sign Azadinu Nahi. Scored on his debut. Oh, wait. No, that's Marseille. That was Marseille. (laughs) See what you did there. Anyways. Yeah. Leon. Usually a good squad, regardless. Either way. Yeah, do you remember those years where they were like champions like nine years in a row? In like the 2000s, early 2000s? Isn't that wild to think about? used to be so good. They were like the perennial powerhouse before PSG came along. And before they got all that money, yeah. Started buying all these players. But yeah, I I don't know what happened. They're still a good squad though. All right. Now for the fun part. On the 14th, we have the return of the Champions League. Champions League. All right, got half the games between Tuesday and Wednesday. The rest of them will be played the following week. On the 14th, we have AC Milan against Tottenham. I mean, this one's going to be more, I think, of which team can turn their recent form around. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Antonio Conte, man. he Maybe he's better in the Champions League than the Premier League. I don't know. I, I think there'll I be a lot of AC, goals in, the, in that tie. Yeah. AC Milan conceding be. goals. Tottenham's been conceding some goals. So that could be a little bit of a goal test can, there. Both teams can score for fun yeah. if they want to. Um, however, I think AC Milan have the quality going forward. It's because you hate Tottenham. They have one of the Tottenham has one of the best strikers in the world, Harry Kane, and you're saying AC Milan are better going forward. Let me correct you. (laughs) They have two. (laughs) Don't forget Hyoming Sung. However, they don't have Rafael Liao. They don't have King Oli, Olivier Giroud, who always seems to score, no matter how much he actually moves. Um I just I love watching the AC Milan, and I hate Tottenham. So there's my reasoning. Call me biased. You're biased. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I really do, though. Unbiasedly, I think AC Milan have a better squad. I think they pull this one out. Uh, It's at home. First leg's always the most important. I think if they can keep Tottenham to maybe – maybe one goal, then I, I think they pull this one out and make it hard for Tottenham at Tottenham Stadium. I think Tottenham, overall on this tie, I think Tottenham get the go through the next round. AC Milan, man, they've been letting in too many goals. I mean, you, against, you know, like Sassuolo, Lazio, at least Sid, or Tottenham, when they get thrashed, it's by Manchester City, you know, one of the best teams in the world. You know, no offense to Swallow, but they're not Manchester City. <laughs> Sorry. I had to pull a Theo Walcott there for a second. Um, okay. 
Next up to the tie that I'm honestly (laughs) most excited about. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. PSG against Bayern Munich. This one, a lot of fans are going to say this has an asterisk because Mbappe's out. Unless miraculously, Lionel Messi though. (laughs) They do. Well, this is Bayern Munich, a team that PSG has notoriously struggled against. They lost them in the final, didn't they, a couple years ago? Yeah. (laughs) And Bayern Munich just signed Jao Cancelo. I didn't think Bayern could pull that off. That came out of nowhere to me. They need Sadio Mane back. Yeah. Do you know if Sadio Mane is going to play in these games? He should? I know he's in training. I think if Sadio Mane plays, that could be the difference maker for Bayern Munich. Because they have struggled going forward. And then, I mean, a PSG attack with Lionel Messi, Neymar. It's hard to keep them out of the back of the net. Yeah. Seems like I Messi think, really shines in the Champions League as well. I think this one ends 2-2. That'll be a fun game then. I hope it does. Yes. And then ultimately, it will be in Munich to decide that one. All right. An equally interesting tie. However, not as hyped up. You got Dortmund against Chelsea. Chelsea registered of their 5,000 signings. Jao Felix, Enzo Hernandez, Fernandez, and Mihailo Mudrik. Is that a shock to you? No. Really? I know they left out Obama Yang. And Badashal. Badashal, he, he's looked pretty good, too, from what I've seen from him, but... Yeah. That one was yeah, the I mean, shock. You got to go with your big money moves, man. I, I understand. Uh, so over two hundred million dollars I mean, worth of players the, right there. You, the you amount of the amount of players they have going forward, there's no way in hell that they're going to be able to start all of them. No, or even play all of them for that matter. <laughs> That's the Anyways, part for Grand Potter. <laughs> the real question of this tie is: Can Dortmund's leaky defense keep out? a Chelsea attack that hasn't clicked yet. I don't know if they can. I was just thinking that like, cause Chelsea have struggled going forward, but yeah, Dortmund has a leaky defense, man. Very. And it's not like nice goals. They're ugly. They're yeah. simple mistakes. So I almost want to give the edge to Chelsea. I agree. I hate it. Cause I love watching give Dortmund. To them, yeah. This is not me hating on Chelsea. Cause I don't like Chelsea. This is a me. I love Dortmund. Love watching them. I love their fans. I just don't think their defense is good. And I think ultimately that's their downfall. Next up, Club Bruges against Benfica. This is a Benfica without Enzo Fernandez. However, he's only played 26 games for them, or only did. So yeah, they just they know how to deal without it this summer, this past summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think Benfica get the win on that one. Yeah, they have a good squad. I think Benfica when they got this draw were like, yes, yeah, <laughs> no big guns. They play each other. January transfer window just happened. We got time to settle the squad and play a team that. Almost every team probably wished they got. 
I don't think this one's very close by, yeah. by the end of the two legs. Yep. Sorry, Club Rouge. All right. Now this is where ultimately the fun part begins. The because fun part. I've heard a lot of rumors of people fun saying the Europa two. League is going to be more fun to watch than the Champions League. There are the a lot of, of good teams in the Europa League. Holy cow. Maybe this is the only way Juventus actually gets into Europe this season. <laughs> but I don't see it. All right. First up, we got Ajax against Union Berlin. Ajax not doing so hot this season. Union Berlin on fire. Yeah. Yeah, Union Union Berlin, man. They're right there near the top of the Bundesliga. Like you said, Ajax struggling. Got to give it yeah. to Union Berlin. Yeah, I think I think Union Berlin surprised a lot of people and pulled this one out. However, I it's hard for me to write off an Ajax squad that always seems to do something in Europe. They do, always. yeah. Hard for me to I write I think it'll them be off. close. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't either. But it'll be definitely interesting to watch. Speaking yeah. of interesting to watch, the tie of the round. Barcelona against Manchester United. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. The team that doesn't let in goals against a team that can't stop scoring. I don't Does know this... which way this one's going to go, man. This is going to be good, is all I know. Yeah. <laughs> Does this seem like the unstoppable force against a movable object? Sort of, yeah. I think it does. I mean, this first leg's at Camp Now. I Maybe United I... goes a little bit more defensive there, looks for the counterattack. Yeah. I think so, yeah. too. Which as we've seen at times this season, kind of bites them in the ass. Not against Man City. But this is a Barcel- well-drilled defensively Barcelona squad, not a Manchester City that has, has been, been leaking goals, goals yeah. this season. So I think Barcelona win this one, but ultimately don't win the tie. Okay. Interesting. I think I have no idea. Don't ask me. Skip. Yeah. Skip. <laughs> Next. Uh, All right. Speaking of next, this one's intriguing as well. RB Salzburg against AS Roma. This one could be fun to watch. Yeah, that one could go either way. You know, Roma definitely have a decent team, obviously, under Jose Mourinho, but RB Salzburg aren't terrible either. No, they're no slouches. No, but I think I do got to give the edge to Roma. Yeah, over two games. Over two games, I think I give the edge to Roma. The first leg probably is a draw or someone squeaks out a win, but I still think Rumble will pull it out at the end of the day. All right, next up we got Shakhtar Donetsk without Mihailo Mudrik against Stad Rene. I This one's tough. That one this is one's tough. tough because I haven't seen enough of Shakhtar, especially without their number one player. Yeah. To really convince me that they're going to be any good. But I also haven't seen enough of Stad Rene. I, I I I will pull the Targo and click next because I I don't want to call this one not Rene. <laughs> yeah, Ren, whatever. And to think Gotta I play took him on French, FIFA, for, man. <laughs> and to think I took French for seven years and still get it wrong. It's nuts. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. It doesn't. Bayern Leverkusen. <laughs> Against AS Monaco. I think this one is 
probably my underrated match of the round. Dude, Leverkusen have been playing pretty good in the Bundesliga. They're fun to watch. I want to give yeah. them this tie. Javi Alonso, man. Yep. Is this one's tough for me? AS Monaco is always so good. They're like Benfica. They always sell everybody and then are just as good right afterwards. I don't get it. Their recruiting system is fantastic. Leverkusen's got a lot of potential all over the pitch. I'm just going to say Monaco just because I know you're going to just to be different. Yeah. All right. This one could go either way. All right. Speaking of Juventus, Juventus against FC. Is it? Yeah. I'm going to butcher it again. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I want to hear you You say it. (laughs) No. There you go. It's not me. No, I was never going to pronounce the T. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I think Juventus might actually pull out this one. They might actually honest. get a win. You're right. I think so. All right. Next one, Sevilla against PSG. V. Sorry. PSV. I don't know. PSV been doing all right. Yeah. Air Divisie. And Sevilla have not been playing very well in the Liga. They are in a bit of a upswing, so that's good for them. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea. Can't um, go either way. I haven't seen PSV play since they sold Cody Gakpo. Yeah, they they played well against Arsenal. I mean, they beat them. So honestly, with, I think I got to give the edge to PSV. That was with Gakpo too, though. It was um, with Gakpo, yeah. Sevilla yeah, always does game. well, no matter how they do in the league. They always do well in Europe. And I don't think it's I that picked year. them as one of my favorites. I'm yeah, go you picked them. them to win, so you better pick them. In I this said league. if it wasn't Arsenal, okay, I picked Arsenal to win. <laughs> Thank you. Get out of here. Okay. All right. Next one: Sporting against FC Midland. Yes, I know how to pronounce that one. Sporting, yeah. Gotta give it to them. I know. I want to root for the underdog because they've been playing very well this season. Surprising a lot of teams. However, I gotta go with Sporting as well. Too much quality all over the pitch. So, Yep. Yep. All right. Switching gears. The Premier League spent a billion dollars in this premier in the the transfer window. The La Liga president has come out and said the Premier League are cheaters and dopers. Dopers after, after the January transfer window. It's the first time the Premier League's ever spent a billion dollars. Granted, Chelsea are responsible for thirty seven percent of that. I feel like it's higher than that. I, for some reason, um, didn't they spend but, like almost eight hundred million? But Chelsea spent. Oh no, this is just the cha- January transfer window. Oh, just January. Okay, yeah. Uh, but they spent Chelsea themselves spent more than the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and Ligue 1 combined. That's wild. Yeah. So Javier to Tebas. 
uh, the La Liga president, came out and said that UEFA should do more about transfers and the amount of spending that the English clubs are allowed to do. What do you think about this? Kind of agree with them. They are kind of becoming a super league, the Premier League. They're getting all these TV deals and they're, I mean, they're raking in the money. Even, you know, teams like Wolverhampton and West Ham, Crystal Palace, those teams can outspend a majority of the teams in La Liga, unless you're a Real Madrid or Barcelona. And so it is kind of creating a disparity between the leagues, not necessarily within England, but definitely between the leagues. I think it's, it's, it's England against the world. Yeah, I think you're right about the Super League. I mean, here's just some some data. Uh, over COVID, the Premier League and the Championship, which are the two top leagues in England, they lost 3, million, 3 billion euros in revenue. The Spanish League only lost 250 million. The whole league. I, It doesn't make any sense that the Spanish teams would struggle to spend money after losing only $250 million, but the Premier League teams, after losing $3 billion, would be able to spend a billion. Well, you got to look at it this way, man. So in the Premier League, they lost $3 billion, but their revenue is $10 billion. Versus in La Liga, they lost, what, you said $250 million? Yeah. But then their revenue is only $500 million. Yeah, I mean, so that's shareholders, dis- shareholders in the Premier League and the Championship put back in $3.5 billion after the pandemic. And shareholders in Spain put in four hundred and fifty. But the reason why La Liga president has such an issue with this is because these are teams are injecting money. I mean, their revenue streams, you're right. The revenue streams... And their turnover is the lowest team in the Premier League is almost as much as an Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Um, Which is why I tend to agree with him as well. I mean, you can't have a, a league that just buys all the best players. I mean, granted... You will get those players that think that Barcelona and Real Madrid are more attractive because of history. But, I mean, money talks at eventually. I mean, these players have families to think about. I mean, yeah, you kind of think of Oscar when he left Chelsea to go to China. China, yeah. Or Alex Song leaving Arsenal to go to Barcelona. Straight out came out to the media and said, you know what, when I heard Barcelona were coming, I accepted the, the offer immediately because I knew it would set me up for life. I respect that. I do, but, but it also, you know, as a club fan, it also, you know, kind of irritates you. Well, hundred percent says that about your club. One hundred percent. However, especially when player, you're already making millions, as a player from Cameroon who grew up, you know, with yeah, next to nothing, that kind of money makes a huge difference. I mean, he's setting up his family for also life. Also, why I have so much respect for Sadio Mane. Yeah, really do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those For are those who don't know. Sadio Mane doesn't buy flashy cars or watches. He builds schools and hospitals in his exactly home country. Um, but those are our thoughts. Let us know. Check out our Facebook group 
and join in on the discussion. Let us know what you think of all of this. Is the Premier League becoming a Super League? Or is it just teams with more money and billion-dollar owners that just want to inject some cash into their club? Who knows? This is kind of more recent, like within the past few years. I don't think it'll be like, imagine in another few years how much more money the Premier League could have. Oh, I I don't want to know. It'll be crazy. Um, Speaking of money and being thrown at teams, in light of all that, let's talk about the winners and losers of January transfer window. We've had some time. We've had some time to digest what happened and the craziness of it all. I would like to do a shout out to Fabrizio Romano. That man works harder than anybody, gets news before anybody. So, uh, Targo, let's go with your biggest losers. My biggest losers. Of the transfer window. All right. You want me to start from number one or number four? Surprise me. I'll start at number four. I'm going to go with Barca. You know, yes, they're top of La Liga. They're a few points clear there. But they didn't bring anyone in, man. They didn't bring anyone to solidify that Barcelona squad. And they let a couple players leave. You know, Memphis Depay left for $4 million to Atletico to a rival. And then Hector Bellerin left for a million. And then potentially a million in add-ons. So, yeah, I kind of it's not terrible. Like I said, that's why they're my number four. But they didn't bring any reinforcements. That could come back to bite them if injuries start happening. I mean, arguably, I think Barcelona are probably the worst ran financially club in the world. Can you imagine getting Memphis to pie for four million? Oh, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> but can you imagine being a team that has a salary cap that keeps signing players but still can't register them because they're spending too much? But they can't get rid of t- players. Yeah. Makes no sense. And then my number three loser. It's not a team. It's the league. Syria. Ah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> they have the lowest spending. What's that? Said throwing cold cuts on Italy. <laughs> yeah, man. They had the lowest spending for a January transfer window since 2006. 2006, man. That's, that's 18 years ago. Is that right? <laughs> 17. Uh, almost a 17, yeah. That's a long time. A long time. And then even with inflation, like you would expect the number to be bigger, but no, they have that's wild to me. Yeah, so, yeah a lot of teams inflation has risen transfers 450% since then. And they still spent less. Yeah. So yeah, Syria ah, they didn't sign anyone. Um Napoli, Inter, Lazio, or Atalanta, all teams at the top of the table spent nothing. So that's pretty wild. I mean, I I think maybe it has to do with, again, the pandemic and those investigations coming in on some of those teams definitely affected that. But yeah. Yeah. Do you think this is a case of everybody's scared because of what Juve did? Almost. Yeah, that's where <laughs> Juve got, the, got hit with the stick on that one. I mean, there are other teams involved, obviously, with those kind of scandals, but. Focus yeah. was on Juventus. And then my number two loser of this transfer window is Moises Caicedo. 
man, did that guy make a big fuss wanting to leave Brighton. Tried to get his move to either Chelsea or Arsenal. Both came in with bids for him. All those bids got rejected. Brighton said, we are not selling Caicedo. And he made us think about it. They didn't just say it once. They didn't say it twice. They said three times. No amount of money is going to let us sell him. We don't have to sell him. And he said, no, no, I want to leave. I want to go to a big team. And then it didn't happen. God. It was more than just, yeah, I want to go to a big team. (laughs) Right? Imagine walking back into that locker room after being out for a week and a half. Hey, guys. He's got some egg on his face. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's that's a loser as well. And then my number one, it's probably going to be also on your list because it's pretty obvious. Everton. Yep. A team fighting in the relegation zone of the Premier League, trying to stay up, and they signed no one. They sold one of their most promising stars. I will say they got a pretty penny for him, more than I thought he was worth, to Newcastle, Anthony Gordon. And they didn't use any of that money to sign anyone. And they're fighting relegation. And you'll see another team who's on one of my biggest winners did the opposite, and that's why they're one of my... Biggest winners of the January transfer window. But those are my losers. Number one is going to be Everton. Number two, Moises Caicedo. Number three, Serie A's total. And number four, Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, I love what you did. You kind of went all over the map, not just leagues, but players and teams. Um, I didn't go quite as far. I just went with teams. Yeah, I I saw some of your teams, and I couldn't help. I, I know you put spoiler Everton on yours and I was like I have to put Everton I mean they're just we're terrible yeah so I try not to pick the teams you put I mean I didn't make it easy for you but good job um (laughs) anyways my number three Liverpool the other side of Merseyside god did they need some reinforcements but we kind of knew all window that they weren't going to bring anybody in uh, Jurgen Klopp came out early and said, we don't we don't have the money. We're going to stick with what we got. But this team is plagued with injuries. They needed to sign at least somebody. I mean, United had no money, and they still brought in players. Why couldn't Liverpool bring in some players on loan? I don't understand it. Yeah, they got Gogpo, but they really needed a midfielder, man. So bad. Next up. Manchester City. They let arguably one of not only one of the best players on their team go to a direct Champions League rival, the one competition that they want to win this season, but they let one of the best players in the world leave their team, weakening them for the title race and the Champions League. The one thing I'd say about that. You're talking about Jao Cancelo. I feel like he hasn't been performing well these past since the World Cup or even at the World Cup. I mean, one might argue that it's because he's been unhappy. That's why he left. I think Pep's not quite playing him quite as much as he'd like to be played. No. Uh, I mean, the, the you know, up and coming Rico Lewis kind of taking his spot. However, it's Jao Cancelo. Like, this man, we've already seen it for Bayern. It's only played in two games. 
He's on fire. That's what we're used to seeing. But I just. He's only out on loan, right? Yeah. So there you go. He'll be happy, come back happy, and play good for Man City, maybe. (laughs) To me, it makes no sense, especially when Manchester City need their entire squad to try to catch Arsenal and then to try to win the Champions League at the same time. Yeah, definitely a great pickup for Bayern Munich, though. 100%. Uh, and lastly, your number two, I picked Everton. It wasn't because they didn't try to sign players after letting. Yeah, after I just uh, Everton I were my number one. <laughs> Everton were my number one. They were terrible. Oh yeah, well they're my number one as well. <laughs> they let their arguably one of their best players and their most promising player in Anthony Gordon go. But not only that, is they tried to sign players. Connor Gallagher, Mitzi Bashuai. Danjuma. Danjuma. Danjuma was going to sign for them. And then Tottenham came and he goes, later. <laughs> uh, Connor Gallagher wants to stay and fight for his place at Chelsea. I understand. Respect to him for that. Man, right? that would have been a good one for Everton. That would be huge. Gallagher. But Bashuai came in, he got the phone call, and he goes, you guys are a mess. I want something stable. Nah, I'm good. Like, you don't want to go think, play in the front line miss, for a Sean Dice team? I Sean miss Dice. the days of people going, oh, that looks like one hell of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm up for that. Well, that was almost like Casemiro when he joined Man United. Yeah. And he arguably looks happier now than he did at Madrid. Arguably. That's the kind of players that I miss. However, I understand where he's coming from. Because this Everton team is not just a mess on the field. They are a mess from literally the top to the bottom. The fan base, the board, the squad. Sean Dyche has an entire conundrum. An absolute circus on his hands. He's got his work cut out for him. That's for sure. God help him. Anyways, they needed players for the relegation battle. They didn't get it. So on a brighter note, Targo, let's go with the winners of the transfer window. All right. Who are your winners? You go first this time. All right. I see we both have four. So let's go with four. I'm going to go with number four. Leicester City. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they got this guy from Australia, Suta. He's a giant to help them in the back. He's exactly what they needed, and he looks like he was built for the Premier League. Absolutely huge. They got Christensen from Copenhagen, I believe, and Tete. So it gives them depth and more attacking threats. But more importantly, the reason why I picked them as my number four is their chairman eliminated their 194 million pounds of debt. Oh, that's good. So now they are completely debt free as a club, which is huge for clubs in Premier League. There's that especially, doping that La Liga president was talking about. Especially <laughs> if they end up going down and relegated this season. Yeah, hopefully they don't. That team. I hope not. Yeah. I love 
the Leicester City story, and I hope they stay up. I think everyone has a little special place in their heart for Leicester City since they won the league. Yes. All right, next up, I got the $600 million man or team that he owns, Chelsea. I mean, they spent over $300 million just in January. But what they did with their business being swift and decisive, trumping teams that are arguably bigger than them, they added both youth and world-class talent that they needed after their January transfer win- or their summer transfer window that some would say was sporadic and chaotic uh, with no plan. They clearly had a plan. I, I'm not a Chelsea fan, but even I am excited to see how this team turns out in the next 36 months. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. I won't comment because they're on a they're my winner one of my winners too. I, I know. <laughs> Next up, I got good old Arsenal. Yeah, they did what they wanted. They didn't get who they wanted, but they spent much less than they intended. So smart business. They only spent fifty mil. Granted, they tried to sign Mihailo Mudrik for almost a hundred. Spent half that on three players. After that. I think because they solidified their bench, they look much deeper as a squad. They added experience. Still, I'm on the fence about Jorginho, but as a passer of the ball, he's one of the best in the world still. He might be one of the slowest players in the world, but he's quality nonetheless in at least one regard. Um. But I think the biggest fact, besides them adding to their bench, was that Manchester City sent Jao Cancelo out on loan. I think that their direct rivals for the title helped them out. And then Arsenal signed three solid players that added experience. And I'll be honest with you, even though I didn't expect it, and I was kind of on the fence, as were you, about Leandro Trossard, he is looking like one heck of a signing. Yeah, I'm we'll see. To I see mean, him definitely brings a lot of, of good experience. Yeah. All right. Next up, and the winners of the transfer window for me. Why surprise you? Nottingham Forest. That is surprising. They have signed 30 players since last summer, <laughs> but it's who they signed to help them with the cha- the relegation battle. I mean, they signed Kaylor Navas. Was won more trophies than their entire organization put together. That's a fantastic signing for them. Yeah, great goalkeeper. And then they sign John Joe Shelby, granted, from Newcastle. He He was still at Newcastle? (laughs) Yes. I know, right? Uh, Granted, he's a bit of a spitfire. Danilo However, does he's look still good, solid. Though. He's a solid midfielder. Yeah, Danilo they looks pipped, good. They pipped Arsenal to Danilo from Brazil. What a signing for them. A 21-year-old Brazilian prodigy, defensive midfielder, added Chris Wood. And then my next best signing of the window for them, adding Felipe from Atletico Madrid. 
where did all this come from? This is world-class talent on a team that's fighting for survival. What about a bunch of business for just $27 million for all those players? Yeah. Six players. You're forgetting one, too. I, you. I know. I was just going to say that. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. So adding 30 players and then signing one even after the transfer window was over. A uh, bit surprised they didn't try to go after Isco, but I don't blame them after he failed a medical. So, yeah, he was that was a done deal to Union Berlin, and he failed a medical, and they said nope. Yep, not the first time, but it won't be the <clears> last <throat> time. All right, Targo, who are your winners of the transfer window? My winners of this transfer window, starting at number four, I'm going to go with Wolves. Hmm. So I mentioned. How Everton, they didn't sign anyone. They're in a relegation fight with Solar Wolves. And they got some good players here this January. They got Mario Lamina from Nice. Craig Dawson from West Ham. Matthias Cunha from Atletico. And then this one might have flown under the radar. Pablo Sarabia from PSG. Yeah. One heck of a pickup for them. Yeah, and they got Jao Gomez from Lyon. That one flew under my radar. So those are some good signings. I think that could really help Wolves and will definitely solidify them from not going down. I really do think that. 100%. So they're they're my number four winners. Honestly, I probably could move them up because I think that's just fantastic business on their part. Uh, my number three team, you've mentioned them, Bayern Munich. Ciao Cancelo, man. What a pickup. That is fantastic. They also got Daily Blinn for free. Yeah. Not a bad, bad player to have. He was starting for the Netherlands. Definitely adds depth and can help out your bench. And then Jan Sommer from Mönchengladbach for 8 million euros. Yeah. The fact as much that as they I, signed Jan Sommer for 8 million after a World Cup where he was one of the standout goalies blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's kind of great for Bayern, but if you're not a Bayern fan, you're kind of like, hmm. Because it's like, wow, their goalie gets hurt, and then they just go out and pick which team in the Bundesliga they want to get their backup goalie from yeah arguably any the other best team goalie, next best goalie in the bundesliga right okay. any other team would have to rely on their backup but no not Bayern munich they'll just go look in the bundesliga and <laughs> pick one out but then my number two winners in this chant in this uh transfer window are arsenal i will say i don't think they got any of their top choices they did have to kind of settle for leandro trossard after losing out on mihailo mudrick they went and got Jorginho, I would say, after losing out on Moises Caicedo. But again, I think those are two players that have experience in the Premier League. They are class. Landro Trossard has been shown it at Brighton this season. Jorginho, he's an excellent leader. He's done well for Italy. Won the Euros with Italy. So we'll see. I just don't want to see him take a penalty kick for Arsenal. I hate his I don't think up. you have to worry about that. I don't think so. <laughs> And then, as you um, mentioned, Jakob Kivior, you know, I think he'll add depth. He's very versatile, can play center back, defensive midfield. So not a bad signing. We'll see. He's young. We'll see how he develops. Yeah, I mean, apparently Arteta's been trying to sign him for the last two years. Um, yeah, he's been a big fan of Jorginho. Oh, I was talking about Jakob Kivior. Oh, Kivior. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, according to Fabrizio Romano, they had an agreement in place a year and a half ago 
They just needed time to be able to sign him. So apparently he's been scouted and been had a big fan in Mikel Arteta for a long time. Okay, well, we'll see how those signings do for Arsenal. But again, they had experience, leadership, and I think are honestly not terrible for that dressing room, especially Jorginho. I agree. And then my number one, Chelsea, dude. They signed literally everybody under the sun worth a damn. Well, hold on. I got to let me get my glasses out. I think I can read your notes for you. It's (laughs) Chelsea signed fucking everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. You're right. As you said, they spent a crap ton of money, but they've also helped their aging team. You know, they bought a lot of young players. And so it's I think that was a great piece of business, you know, and they got they got some class players, man. They really did. Milo Mudrik. I mean, Enzo Fernandez looks amazing. We saw him at the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Looked fantastic. Badashal, he's impressed me in the games I've watched him. Yeah. We'll see how Fofana does. The striker Fofana. We all know how good Jao Felix is. Yep. So, I mean, they're my winners of this transfer. I think, for me, I think the thing that impressed me the most was the savvy bit of business from Todd Bowley about signing these players to eight, seven, eight-year contracts to be able to make it. So on paper, they only spent less than $100 million on throughout from literally the summer to now, even though it says that they've spent almost 800 Yeah, that's how they're getting around the financial fair play rules. There's, like, always, there's always a loophole. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, I can't believe that they spent this much money. I'll be honest with you, it's smart business. Well, and on the other other side of it, if it was your club who was struggling and you see them go by all these bunch of good players, you're Mm going to be excited about that. Exactly, which is why, part of, not why, but part of the reason why I am so impressed. It's a loophole that no one's ever thought of. Now they're making FIFA consider changing the rule. So good for them. So yeah, they're they're my winners of this January transfer window. So all right. that's all I got. Quite the list. Um Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. This transfer window was crazy, especially the final couple of days. With everything going on and the amount of money spent, what do you guys think? Is Chelsea crazy? Should they be punished or is this just brilliant tactical savvy in a transfer market going through loopholes and signing players for whatever they want to sign them for, but ultimately it doesn't really cost them a lot. Let us know. That's all I got. Yeah. Let us know in our Facebook group. We appreciate that. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Make sure to check out our socials, TikTok, Instagram at Bruce and banter FC mentioned our Facebook group. Let us know your thoughts who were the winners and losers of this transfer window. And yeah, make sure to check out our Redbubble, get some merch, help us keep doing this. We appreciate that. And until next time, guys, cheers. Cheers.